0: Over the years, the annual Pelletier family pilgrimage down the Avenue des Français had known many variations, but never before had it taken on the air of a funeral cortege. This year, if one ignored the inconvenient detail that she was still very much alive, it looked as though Madame Pelletier was being conveyed to her final resting place. Her husband, as was his wont, led the procession, his tread all the more solemn since his wife— now lagging far behind, kept pausing to glance at her son Etienne like a dying woman pleading for the coup de grâce. Behind them, Jean, known as Bouboul, being the elder son, walked stiffly while his little wife Geneviève trotted alongside. François, accompanied by Hélène, brought up the rear. At the front of the cortege, Monsieur Pelletier smiled and greeted the hawkers selling watermelons and cucumbers, waved to the boot blacks. Anyone would have thought he was a man heading to his own coronation, which was not far from being the truth. The Pelletier pilgrimage took place on the first Sunday of March, come rain or shine. To the local children, it was an institution. One might miss a neighbor's wedding, the New Year's celebrations, the Paschal Lamb, but to miss the birthday of the soap factory was unthinkable. This year, Monsieur Pelletier had even paid for return tickets from Paris to ensure that François, Jean, and his wife would be present. The ritual consisted of Act One: the slow procession to the factory, principally intended for neighbors and acquaintances. Act Two: a tour of the factory that everyone knew like the back of their hand. Act Three: the return along the Avenue des Français with a stop-off at the Café de Cologne for an aperitif. Act Four, the family dinner. This way we're bored senseless four times instead of one, François would say. Admittedly, at the café on the way home, it was tiresome to be forced to listen to Monsieur Pelletier, since he was standing drinks for everyone, as he reminded the assembled company of the principal chapters of the family saga, an edifying tale that began with the first Pelletier on record, who, it had apparently been proven, had fought alongside Marshal Ney, and concluded with himself and his empire, Maison Pelletier et Fils, which in his eyes was the realization of a dynasty. Louis Pelletier was a placid man, one who didn't easily lose his sang-froid. Above a finely delineated mouth he had passed on to all his children, the perfectly straight line formed by his little salt-and-pepper moustache, a counterpoint to his silvery locks, was his pride and joy. "'Every man in this family is bald by the time he's forty, he would haughtily proclaim, as though the fact that he was not proved that in him the Peltier line had reached its acme. His narrow shoulders contrasted with his broadening hips, I could model for Badois, he would quip, referring to the distinctive bottle whose slender neck grew ever wider as it reached the base. He radiated an energy that was serene and faintly, discreetly smug. True, he had been a success. In the 1920s, he had acquired a modest soap factory which he had developed by wedding quality craftsmanship to industrial efficacy. He was fond of slogans. In his mind, the factory situated a stone's throw from the Place des Canons was destined to become the city's chief industry. Within a few years, the Peltiers would be to Beirut what the Vedels were to Lorraine, the Michelin to Clermont, or the Schneiders to Creusot. Since then, he had somewhat scaled back his claims, though still boasted about being the figurehead of the flagship of Lebanese industry, something no one had the heart to contest. Over the years he had never ceased to innovate, adding oils of copra, palm oil and cotton to traditional recipes, refining the drying process, altering the balance of oleic acid, etc. The thirties had proved profitable for the Maison Pelletier, which managed to buy up a number of small soap factories in Tripoli, Aleppo and Damascus. The Pelletier family fortune was doubtless much larger than their relatively modest lifestyle might lead one to suppose.